What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to another episode of Jonathan Soul. I have a fantastic brother in the building, uh, somebody who not only has kind of allowed us to chronicle his journey from uh, the Kickstarter of his first book, Void Beast. Um, now we have the pleasure of having that uh, graphic novel in hand, and uh, he's going to be sharing about some other projects that he's working on uh, currently. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Void Beast uh, creator and writer, Matthew Jones. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you doing, brother? Real good, man. Real good, real good. So, of course, uh, I'm asking everybody that I'm talking to, how you holding up under this quarantine vibration? Uh, see, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, I work in engineering, so I didn't really get to... Uh, I'm outside every day. Okay. Like, I don't... I don't I don't got that inside what day is this thing. I'm outside every day, so I'm seeing it. It looks like everything is normal to me. The only thing that seems a little bit different, there's a lot more old people walking around. I was like, I thought this was supposed to affect y'all, but <laughs> more old people walk around. So I'm like, all right, then. I guess it is what it is. But no, I'm working every day. It still seems normal to me. Thank God, man. Thank God. I mean, I had a friend of mine who was laid off for a while, and uh, I guess they called him back because they got that Trump check. Uh, you know anybody mm. got a Trump check? I think I know one person. Uh, now, now you talk about just the whole stimulus thing yeah. in general, or the, yeah? Yeah. I know a couple. I know a couple of people that got it, and then being and being that uh, and being that I'm outside every day. I had to go to the store like the first week they really started handing them out. Uh -huh. I see everybody in. I'm like, ah, looks like everybody got some hilarious, of that. hilarious. So, okay, all right. Well, I mean, it's not all. It's not all horrible. Um, it's not all horrible. Now I'm in Maryland and, uh, but I was born in North Carolina. And so, uh, okay. you know, I got people down there and I check on them and everything. Uh, you, you, for you in North Carolina, it's like, I got, it's a couple of my, uh, my John Vassal alumni that's in California. I think it's you. Not, I mean, uh, North Carolina, aren't you in North Carolina? No, I'm not. I, re I had moved, uh, about a year ago. I went ahead and moved to Indiana. So I'm in Evansville, Indiana, but my people are in North Carolina, and I had talked to my mom and everything about that. So yeah, they kind of they kind of feeling it and getting laid off and stuff out there too. Oh wow, okay, okay. But Georgia is opening up. I heard uh, yeah. Florida is opening up. So I mean, that's gonna. It, don't you think that's gonna kind of create not political pressure, but maybe social pressure for the other governors to say, "Well, shit, the guy next door is opening up. My people are sweating me." Don't you think that's gonna create some kind of pressure? I mean, I think I think it might. I, I think it might, but it all depends on the people and stuff. And I'm and and as you know, everybody that knows me know I talk about these things as, as far as race and stuff. Okay. And it seems like more more the states that got a little bit more black people, depending on what's going on, they they they're still being kind of shaky on things. And then it seems like a lot of these people that are protesting to open up, it was like, hey, we seen on the news this affect black people more. You need to let us. You need to let us out it's affecting them not us so i mean i'm I'm still kind of watching and i'm watching out things because i feel like this whole situation just kind of leveled the playing field mm -hmm. and people like that especially people the, the 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 white folks are not that's out there protesting it don't seem like they like that much they don't like things even so it's like they they're gonna they're gonna try to play this however they want to and i think that certain states might feel pressure but others might not but it's like it depends it's looking like the specific cities that are doing more of the opening are ones with 
a, a little bit more of a black population. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, y'all can go out there and do what y'all want. Let's see how it goes. And then the ones that don't, they're still holding blockades from certain states that would cause issues with, that are mainly from uh, that are mainly having black people come from those states. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I know that uh, most people know that when this whole thing started, we heard about it, I think, maybe in January, February. And uh, yeah. but it was strictly uh, Wuhan, China and uh, and the provinces around there. And then uh, I think it jumped to South Korea and then it jumped to Italy. And uh, mm-hmm. it was no black people in the situation back no. then. You know, that was all European and Asian. And yeah. uh, one news report came out of Michigan, said, oh, there's a whole lot of black people. Next thing yep. I know. Black people is the face of the shit. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but people yeah, don't remember yeah. that the hot spot was in uh, in in, uh, in California. Was it Seattle, Washington, or something? The retirement yeah, home yeah. or whatever. And it's yep. so so the media is funny, man. They funny like that. You know what I mean? They put black yep. people face on every fucking thing that's negative. Yep. <laughs> I fully agree. You I know what I mean? And the thing that's hilarious it. is that these people. With their guns, these white folks with their guns and their and their gas masks and everything. I thought they were supposed to be prepared for the end of the world. Why are they sweating a couple of weeks? Exactly. It's just been Y'all about been a month. What the what the hell? <laughs> exactly. They have been talking about that for years. So I'm like, well, I mean, it's your time. You should be hunkered down. <laughs> you know, see, you, right? you, you ready for the apocalypse, ain't you? You got the bunker, baby. What's 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 up? You really you really need to go to the beauty salon. You really need to go I to the barbershop. Really? Really, dog? <laughs> <laughs> they said these rugged beers is just for fashion. You can't I know, <laughs> No, no. So yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm watching it. I'm I really like watching stuff like this go down because it's like history done told us how these things go, and they're kind of revealing themselves. So we'll see how it go. We'll, we'll see, see how, how it go the next couple. Yeah, I think I think it's going. We, we, whatever it is, we're gonna get through. We always get through it. Now, speaking of apocalypse, I know in your in your first uh, graphic novel, Void Beast Volume One. It, it, the way I recall, and I have it in front of me, it was kind of an apocalyptic type scenario uh, with zombies and, and, and so forth like that. Can you you kind of give the um, the audience just a, a primer on Void Beast Volume One? Yeah, um, in Volume One, we focus on uh, TJ. He he's a werewolf. He and he comes from a line of werewolves. They have the ability to c- control dark energy, so he can teleport. He can create black holes. He can create weapons, something like a Green Lantern-esque type character or maybe even, uh, was it, uh, Tokiyami from My Hero Academia, the, the guy with the beak head, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a werewolf and everything. And him and his father were trying to figure out what was going on. It is post-apocalyptic. There's um, zombies and stuff like that, even though they're not my main focus in TJ's story. They kind of go off into another direction. Yeah. But... Uh, He's, he's trying to figure out how to use his powers and help this uh, specific girl named Denise. After that... So before before whole... we go on, and I got the book in front of me, and ladies and gentlemen, you can get Void Beast Volume 1 from Amazon.com. Amazon.com, just look up Matthew Jones 
and you can only you can get the print and you can get like it on Kindle and so forth like that. Now, um, is it yeah. true that the zombies in uh, in, in the, your universe were created by coronavirus? Is that true? <laughs> no, no, they, they weren't created by coronavirus, but I, I might have to kind of add that in there a little bit later. I'm, uh, I'm fucking around, y'all. This, this book came out, what, about a, a year ago, two years ago? Uh, no, no coronavirus. Okay, but yeah, this book came out like two years ago, I think. I'm just teasing. So, all right, so, so, yeah, yeah. so basically his father passed, his father was assassinated, but during the mm -hmm. course of the book, uh, uh, TJ was able to find mentors, right? Yes, yes. He was able to find another group of werewolves that knew his father. They kind of alluded to some other issues, um, but yes, he was able to find mentors, and they are the ones that help him control his abilities. They can't teach him how to use it, but they are there to help him get through it because they see a lot of potential in TJ. Now, me as a, as a journalist and a podcaster, I'm interested in the product and I'm interested in the process. And I used a lot of clips from my first uh, interview and it helped a lot of people. Um, talk about how uh, a little bit of the process in terms of you finding an artist, because that wasn't a one and done type scenario, was it? No, no, it, it wasn't at all, especially not for Void Beat, because I went through at least five, five or six, maybe before I got to Francis and Francis has been nothing but an amazing help, um, for boy beats and everything else. But, um, and this was, this was like going to DeviantArt. This was Instagram. This is Twitter. This is Facebook, um, message boards, everything, just finding artists, talking artists late at night and stuff. And it was just, I would, I would miss so many, but then the last, I would go through so many and it was like, yeah, no, I don't like the style you got. And I'm just paying people to do the first 10 pages. I got a whole bunch of pages that I ain't never seen a lot of day that I just wasn't fine with. And then so I finally got to uh, Rexy. I'd found him. His name's Rexy Jones. And then he had to stop because he was moving to Canada. And I was like, look, man, look, look, I understand. I ain't mad at none of that, that, but please, please don't leave me hanging. Refer me to somebody else. You, you got to know somebody else that can do this because I've been through five or six people and I, I'm getting tired of doing this, man. Like, help me out. So he was like, I think I got somebody. And then he uh, hooked me up with Francis. And that was it from there. But uh, it, it was, it was uh, I stayed up three in the morning just on Instagram looking at folks. And I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of them were probably tired of getting messages from me. I was just messaging everybody at the time because it was, it was a thing where I didn't know. I'd, I had built some relationships, but they were busy or they were working on other stuff. And it was just keep going. So that's what happened with uh, Void Beast. Now, the, the, the thing that stuck out of my mind was uh, when I was prepping for the interview, I asked, you know, if you could send me some, some, some artwork or whatever. You sent me, I think, like 10 or 15 pages. And you said, Jonathan, I've seen these pages like six times. Can you talk about that? Like people would start and then they would stop. You told me that you had paid for these pages to be drawn like six times or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, people would start and then they would stop and or something would happen or they couldn't finish or I just didn't like the art style. Like I would look at it and I was like, this isn't the art style I'm going for. And and people would say, oh, I do it. I draw like X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay. And then I have them draw it and 
it's nothing like that. I'm like, this does not look like anything you told me it was. So I need to, I just need to pay you for your service and let you keep it moving. Um, and then, like I said, with Rexy is a thing where he did like the first 10 or so or something like that. And then he ended, he ended up having to move. And I had the, those first 10 to 20 pages. I was just tired of seeing them after a while. It was wow. just like seeing these pages so many times. It's just like, it's, it's like, I, and I've read over the script so many times, and then I'm just like, I noticed like the back of my hand, and I, and I, and it just hurt to keep seeing it after a while because it wasn't. I'm a person that likes to get things done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't mind going through the process, but this process needs to lead to something. Like yeah. it, it needs to lead to something. I can't just be running around in circles and being fine with getting one, two, three pages. No, I need this to be completed, and then every time I hit that 10, 15 marks and I'm seeing the same pages over and somebody has to leave or they quit or they get a bigger project and they say they can come back later. I'm just like, Oh my God, I is Jesus. And it, it just got, it got kind of frustrating after a while, but being who I am, I'm like, well, you got punched in the mouth. Just keep it moving. So I just keep going to something else. Now I have this book in my hand and a uh, hundred, I think it's like a hundred some pages, uh, beautiful yeah. artwork. Uh, you know, great story, great characters. Uh, you did the Kickstarter. You got the books out. By the way, your Kickstarter campaign was, I would say, flawless. Meaning, you know, you put out a very clear description of uh, what you wanted. I, I remember little pictures you put out. I think you had your babies behind you or something. And you put it out yeah. there. You, you had a lot of the artwork, I think, already done and everything. And then uh, when you had a date of delivery... You fucking hit that date, and nobody is doing that, yo. <laughs> you, nobody is doing that. Oh, Kickstarter land. Nobody is sending the books out except maybe uh, uh, Lelevoir, um, uh, Dream uh-huh. Fury Comics. You and yep, Dream yep. Fury Comics is the only cats that I think I didn't have to like maybe DM. <laughs> say, yo, baby, yeah. where the book said, man? You know what I'm saying? You like the only yeah. ones. So how in the hell did you do that? You know somebody, you got an army behind you. How are you getting this shit out on time? Um, that I, I'm I'm glad you asked that because this is something I was gonna do something I was gonna talk about it myself or something. And I may still do it, but I talk about it with you. I don't use um Kickstarter as a way to get the money and then do my comic. Okay. That, but the three Kickstarters I've done, that's never my pro- that's never my process, and it never will be my process for the foreseeable future. My my thing is always I have to have the project eighty to ninety percent complete, mm-hmm. and then and I'm, I've already paid my artists, I've already paid my colorists, I've paid all of that, and then I need to use that money to basically just pay for some rewards and then put into uh, getting the um the shipping and everything complete but i'm already starting that process before i'm almost finished unless i'm unless i'm not completely finished but for the most part i just use the kickstarter as a pre-order system like that's literally what i use kickstarter for i use it as a pre-order system and then to get the book shipped out and everything uh i don't make too much money off of the kickstarter i don't make extra money on it because i use it to make the pops the shirts and stuff like that but since I already have everything else in line, and by the time the money comes, I just put it towards that, and we get it rolling. Um, but that's the main thing. I don't. I don't have anybody else like really 
backing me or helping me out. I just knew that I can get this done and get it out to people and I'm not keeping anything. I'm using it all towards that. It's all good. And so my main thing is I just need people to know that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Everything else will fall in line in due time. As long as I keep doing what I say I'm going to do, everything else will fall in line. So that's how I do it. I make sure all of my stuff is complete. I make sure everybody is paid before the Kickstarter. I don't be like, hey, y'all, I'm going to pay y'all after this Kickstarter, and then we're going to make it. Not, forget all that. Forget all that. I'm going to pay you beforehand for these pages, for these colors. If I make anything, I make it off the back end or when I go to cons or something like that. But I make sure that mo- most everything is done so I can get it to people as fast as I can. Yeah, you need to do a video or some kind of class or something on that because it's rare, man. I mean, some 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 of the some of the Kickstarter experience, like I there's I, I ain't even got some books, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and yep. People tell oh, it's in the mail. <laughs> it's like okay, you gonna tell me it's in the mail? All right, fine. I'm not sweating it because yep. I'm pro black business, pro entrepreneurship, pro artists, yep. and pro black comics. Period. So one or two cash yep. drop off. I mean, that's you know, that's that's to be expected. So when I see somebody like yourself and like I said, uh, uh, Newton Lettervoir, you guys are to be praised because that's that's a rarity. You know what I'm saying? That's a rarity. I, I look at a Kickstarter, I look at the date, and I start laughing. It's like I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna oh, never yeah. see that book I'm, I'm, or that date. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that, that is true. I will add though that sometimes I'm a little nervous because. I do a lot of traveling for this job I have. So okay. I'm, 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 I've been in Wisconsin, Illinois, Mexico and stuff. And so when some of these dates hit, I'm like, Oh shit, hopefully, hopefully I can get this stuff done and get it out to people. So whenever I get sent back home and I have like that free weekend with my family or something, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to use Sunday. I mean, Saturday or something I'm shipping up this weekend. And then I'll have my wife send it out tomorrow or I'll send it out before I leave to get back on this airplane, uh, Monday morning. Or something. So, so yeah, I try to I try to do it within those time constraints that I have. So let me let me let me ask you this, and this again is about the process. Are you getting are your books being printed in China, and then shipped to America, no. and then you do fulfillment? Like how does that part work? No, I I, I do I, all of mine are shipped out here in a, um in America. Um, so I don't I don't I haven't done the China thing. I haven't done that yet or tried that so i i don't know anything about that everything is all america i've I've used a couple of people i've used um because i don't i don't really do i don't really care who i I put it out there um i've used comic wellspring a lot okay they've been really helpful they they've been the easiest for me to deal with i've dealt with kablam and they were oh my god they were worse (laughs) really i buy a lot of books from them kablam is the same it's the indie planet people right I'm not, I can't even say. Okay, well, it's, Kablam is on the back of their books. Any books I buy from any planet, Kablam. So Kablam, Kablam has been kind of difficult to deal with, huh? Okay. Huh. For, for me, for me it was. Sure. It just, it just, and, and it wasn't like, because like the people at Comic Wellspring, if something is off, they'll tell you what it is, and then they'll be like, I can fix X, Y, and Z, do this, blah, 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 get back to me, or they'll just fix it and make it happen. Okay. Kablam, it was like, need to do this. And like, what? I don't even know. Well, this and, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't user friendly for me. Maybe I'm just goofy. I always tell people I ain't got no dang old sense. So maybe okay. it might be that. And, uh, okay. But um, but uh, yeah, I, I had a hard time with them. I had a hard time with Kablam. So I just kind of stick to uh, Comic Wellspring. It's, and I plan on doing um, plan on working with Jason Revis Nim for uh, 
Yeah, for one of my books, since it's within the page limit that they have. So I'm going to be working with um, him on that one soon enough. This COVID thing kind of slows some stuff down. So, sure, yeah. Sure. And, of course, family, uh, Jason Reeves is over at 133art.com. Uh, he has uh, One Nation and some other books over there like Foo Fighters. But he also has a printing uh, service offering that he does, printing and fulfillment. Uh, so uh, so you creators out there, uh, you can check that out. So I, I follow you on Instagram uh, like a lot of other people do. And uh, I've been seeing this extraordinary Mosiah uh, uh, thing happening. I was unaware that you had a Kickstarter on and so forth. So I also was prepared. Uh, to participate. Can you tell me about the extraordinary Mosiah? Yeah, so that, that is, that is my, uh, that is, that is, how do I explain it? Like I took, a, I took, I took, uh, I'll say some of the elements of my life growing up in Southern California. Cause I grew up in, uh, born in Paramount, stayed in Compton for a couple of years when everybody started moving in the eighties, cause they started giving everybody those vouchers in LA to start moving the black folks out. Wow. So my family moved to uh, Marino Valley, California. And so I caught the city and the extraordinary Messiah that the group stays in is new Moreno. And it follows the life of Andre Messiah and his friends, uh, Bradley, uh, Hassani and Rene. And they're, and they're all a group of friends who, who are trying to get Andre who has the special abilities to control electromagnetic energy. So he's a type of Magneto-esque character and with some stuff added to it, and we'll further flesh that out. But um, he's just trying to basically prove that um, his city is worth something. There's a lot of stuff where it's in, in, the, in a lot of these animes, they have these heroes, these heroes, these hero organizations and everything. But not, there's no real, like, you don't see too many black heroes. It did on My Hero Academia, they, they had... They had Rock Lock in like a couple of ex- episodes that black people did backflips and shit. So I was like, all right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but I had it before they put that on anime. And um, and he's just trying to show that his city is worth something. And most of these heroes just bypass the kids in that city or the heroes from that city. So Andre is on that journey to uh, to 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 use to use his powers for the right for the right reasons in the city and show that life isn't exactly what they think it is. So they go on a bunch of journeys. So it's my personal life. And then I'm a big fan of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And if I could compare it to any season, I would compare it to Diamond is Unbreakable with Jose, with Josuke, uh, with Josuke Higashi Kakata. So it, it's, it's something like that in my own personal life. So I'll be mixing in a lot of the stuff that I've seen growing up in Southern California so it'll be dealing, it'll touch on gang culture. It'll touch on uh, stuff like that. It'll touch on being moved from one area, uh, the positive blackness that was in Southern California that people don't seem to think is there. All of that sort of thing. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. When can I get a copy? I'll be having, I should I should be having the rest of the physical copies to me um, before the end of May. So I'll have that. And then I'm sending out uh, digital copies this weekend. I'm just finishing up the last uh, formatting, uh, and then we'll be sending that out. So you should be if you digital copy, I can get to that get that to you soon. And then physical copy by the end of May, June, or something like that. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, when we first talked, I asked you why do you want people to support your Kickstarter, and you said, you know, I'm a black man. And uh, when I watch uh, anime or look at manga, I don't see, uh, you know, black people represented 
and paraphrasing, black people are represented the way I want them to be represented. So do you feel like in uh, Void Beast and in this new project, uh, The Extraordinary Messiah, do you feel like you're you're getting your point across? Do you feel like, uh, you know, all of that uh, energy and worldview and perspective, you feel like uh, it's, it's being communicated and through these uh, different media? For 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 me, as far you talking about as far as like in my project, do I feel like I'm? Yeah, I mean, off? your hands are yeah. totally unbound in your own projects. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so you're not doing those. No, um, I guess what I'm asking is, you're not doing no self censorship, are you? I mean, you go, you know, oh, that's no, a hardcore no. question. But are you? You know, what I mean, sometimes you know you want to get, you know, are you feel like you have to do that or no? No, I don't feel like I have to do that at all. And the thing Excellent. about it is, I like I feel like with. Um, Void Beast was the first one I started moving in that direction with. And then I feel like on The Extraordinary Messiah, I actually kind of did better with getting my point across with what I wanted with this character in the world in general. And mm -hmm. um, and so just dealing with some of the issues with the characters. And you'll see that I, I, did, I wanted to do something different to where one of the things in manga uh, is that you'll see characters and you don't know what they are. So you'll, you'll look at them, like you can tell a black character for the most part, but you'll look at the other ones and you won't be sure if they're white or if they're Japanese sure. or what they are and stuff, no matter what the hair looks like, no matter what it is, like you don't know. So I wanted to do something that kind of reverse. So when you see the Extraordinary Messiah and you look at the characters, all of the characters are black or some type of non-white person. Okay. Like all of them. So don't, like no matter what and 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 no matter what the hair looks like, they are black or some type of non-white character unless they're clearly white. So mm -hmm. so I wanted to kind of reverse that. It, like I said, it doesn't matter what color the hair is, how it's shaped, whatever it is, they are black or non-white. Every single one of them. So y'all can put whatever you want on the map there. And then I have characters that are clearly white. One of one of them is Bradley. That's the friend. But as far as getting um, the point across, I think I, I think I have been. And I don't do any self censorship at yeah. all because these are yeah. my stories. And I work. I always tell people I'm not gonna go work and do something. This is all fun for me too. It's mm -hmm. business. It's business at the end of the day. But it's still fun because I get to do what I want. And I'm not. And if I wanted to do what somebody else tell me to do, I'd stay at the. I'd just be like, I'm gonna stay at my job. And do all this for the rest of my life. I wouldn't even do this other stuff on the side. They mm -hmm. tell me what they do, tell me what to do all the time. So I'm not going to do in my business. It's not something that I want to do, and something that the uh, customers and the fans want me to do. Now we we meet, we we uh, get a happy medium, then I'm good. Um, but outside of outside of that, no, no, no self censorship. And I feel like I did a lot better with um, with uh, with the extraordinary Messiah. And then even on Void Beast, one of the future stories that I wrote, I feel like I kind of hit a little bit better on those, too. Okay, okay. Now, you mentioned uh, cons. Can you tell me the, the, re, the reception that you get from the folks at the cons? What's that kind of energy? What has that been like? Um, it's been good. I've missed a couple of them because I got sent out or I got because of work and stuff. But this sure. last one, I... It was amazing that Keith and Jones had put on Black Comic Day out in San Diego. Okay. Uh, the third one, I believe it was. I made it to the second one because I did a panel for uh, Roosevelt Pitt. And uh, and then um, I didn't get a table then. And I, was, I wasn't I was feeling too well. So I made it this year. And I was, I was talking to 
I was talking to my girlfriend and we were talking about that before the time they uh he had uh Black Comics Day right before the whole COVID thing popped up. Probably okay. about three weeks oh, before wow. it happened and then everything got shut down. So I was I was I was thinking about it. I was like, man, Keithan put that on at just the right time. Yeah. Before and so as far as reception, I got a really good reception from out there and I talked to a lot of anime fans and stuff. And I'm usually and I'm usually one of the only black people that have that anime style of art. Mm-hmm. Like this specific like when you look at it, you know it's that manga anime style. And so um I'm one of the few that are there. So people come to me and talk to that. But the biggest thing that I've noticed, man, um was was the reception I got for Denise. And she's my character that can control the zombies that pops up in Void Beast. She's a young girl, young black girl. She can't die to her knowledge and she loves every bit of it. She can control zombies. If she dies, she comes right back. She can see through them and everything. So she's like a necromancer. Oh, wow. And, and this is young black girls, about seven to older black women in their 30s, that came to me Saturday, read it Saturday night, came back Sunday, and told me everything about the story. Wow. Like, all the, way through. And they, and the thing about it is, these, from the little girls to the older women, they all hit the points that I was trying to get across with that specific character. So Denise was one of the ones that really kind of, kind of shocked me with how well she was received. So um, that's something that I'm really, that I really have to work on and, and, and develop that character a lot more. Now is Denise based on anybody like that you can call off the top of your head? Uh, Denise is based on my 14 year old daughter. Her middle name is actually Denise. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's like, my daughter and uh and sometimes my daughter like she doesn't read the book but i don't tell her anything but i really kind of just watch her to see how she does with certain things mm-hmm. i put i put a lot of that in denise's story with uh with how we write it and, and everything beautiful 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 um what was your children's reaction when they saw the first batch of books you know coming to the house and everything and you know they open up the box and you know daddy did this you know with a team of course you know what what was their reaction my my oldest, she liked it, and she, and she read it. She would take it to school and let people read it. She even let her teachers read it and stuff like that. And she found out that some of them were in the manga, so they <laughs> they liked it. And, they, uh, and then uh, my youngest, she didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then one day she started just asking me because she read the stuff, so she would she would read it and everything. She she was reading it a couple of days. I even got a picture of her reading it. It's kind of funny. My son, he has autism, so. He doesn't. He doesn't pay too much attention to it. Mm-hmm. But when I've done like the little animated shorts and stuff, he yeah. pays attention. He'll watch that over and over and over again with the characters because he's seen them on posters and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So they like. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, I saw the uh, the book trailer um, where the yeah. uh, TJ turns into the the, the 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 werewolf and he attacks the girl. Okay. 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 So we talked about Void Beast. Now I just have Volume One. And so I know you're not going to, you know I mean, leave the people hanging. When can we expect Volume 2 to come out? Uh, volume 2, we should be done. Thursday? You're done Thursday? <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure, wait, Matthew, wait, man. No wait, pressure, wait, brother. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. No, um, not yet. Um we should, because we were going to, we were, I'm I'm missing out because I was going to be at DreamCon in June, but they had to push that back. And that right. was down in Texas. 
with the boys from um, RDC World that, mm-hmm. that are on Instagram and stuff with those young men. And they put on a great con last year, and Boy Beast was recepted really well down there in Texas, in Waco, Texas, for that con. So we were going to be there soon, but they had to push it back. So that gives us that gave us a little bit of room to make some adjustments in Voidbeast Volume Two. So uh, next couple of months we should be done. I may I'm I'm thinking about doing a Kickstarter. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, the extraordinary Mosiah, uh, you told me off mic they're just sending out the Kickstarter awards now. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'll be sending out the. Um, I finished. In March, early March, we finished that one in March. I'm getting, I'm finishing up the, uh, had to make some more formatting. And so I'm sending out the um, digital rewards this weekend. And then I'll be getting, finished getting the uh, print copies done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This may seem like a crazy question to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. You went through a lot of stress with this first book. Now you're doing a second book. Uh, is it worth it? All of this drama that you got to go through, picking personnel, writing the story, rewriting it, dealing with the printers and, and, you know, buying airplane tickets or driving to go to these cons. I mean, is it is it is it all worth it? Um, for me. Uh, OK, for me, for me, it is. And I have a, I have a kind of a different it's not completely different, but a different view on it, because I don't I don't have that. I'm not getting paid. I don't get this and that. Because my whole plan was, I think back in 2014, my whole plan with everything was, I was I was in a bad situation. Like like we didn't have too much. Uh, it was just messed up. I was like, okay, let me go to school. Let me do X, Y, and Z. Let me find. And so my whole plan was figure out what I could do to get me some money, and legally, and mm-hmm. and um and take things from there. So I went to school. I just went to the, the trade route, did um, industrial engineering, did it that way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm working programming robots and all that other type of stuff. Excellent, excellent. And so excellent. I, I used all of that to put that into the book because I started doing it around the same time. And so I was like, okay, it's good because I have the money from here to put, in the, to put into the books so that I don't really – I don't lose out on a lot. It's not that I don't need the money or anything, or I don't want it. It's just that I don't lose out a lot, so I don't have I don't have that pressure on me at the moment. Okay. And so, so right now, it's all worth it because for me, it's the thing about having people trust me and believe what I say. I know I say wild stuff on Facebook and everything and all that stuff, but it's still all about people trusting me and me doing what I say I'm going to do. I may talk crazy, right. but I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going right. to get the stuff done. I'm going to get it out to the people that back me and that um support me and i'm and i'm I'm gonna take care of them whenever they uh need it done so and then as far as like the shipping and stuff and dealing with the printers all of that becomes you i get kind of used to it it just becomes a part of it i've done jujitsu for for years and then after a while certain things you get used to you never Mm -hmm. really get rid of the nervousness uh and, and but but you get used to it to where you can control yourself and you can do do a lot better and then even with the artists I've been able to show them that I pay people on time. I do the right thing. So they trust me. And then Francis, like I said, he's been a huge help. He recommends other people to me. And then I work with those guys. And then those guys might recommend me to somebody else. So I work with the whole group of guys over in the Philippines and they take good care of me. And then even the guys in America, they take good care of me. Nick, 
Nicholas um, Draper Ivy. Um, he took great care of me with San Carl and stuff like that. So it's just a thing where after a while, people start trusting you and doing the right thing. As long as you're paying people and doing what you're going to say, doing what, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, everything else will fall in line and people will start uh, showing respect to you as well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Wow, Brother Matthew uh, Jones is there. Um, well, just give us your social media, and if there's a project that you want people to support, just let them know what it is. You can find me on Facebook. I'm just under Matthew Jones. It's a picture of the extraordinary Messiah. Uh, Andre was mask on. Uh, Instagram is at Akachi Jones. That's A-K-A-C-H-I-J-O-N-E-S. Twitter is the same, and... Um, just be on the lookout for The Extraordinary Messiah and Boy Beast Volume 2. Those are the two most current ones. I'll be getting my website finally together in the next couple of uh, weeks or so. So I'll have that together and everything, too. And, and check out Boy Beast on Amazon right now. Fantastic. Brother Matthew Jones, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me.